Sit. Hi, this is Craig Huey of Reality Alert Word, and we're here today in Nashville, Tennessee. Why are we in Nashville? Because there's a National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Wow, it's so exciting here, I'm telling you. Walking around, seeing people that you know. Yes. Talking about Jesus. Imagine yeah. that. How about that? So we have one of the powerhouses in the entire state here today with us, Pastor Alan Jackson, World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I would say he probably... I, I would say this, Alan, you have an anointing that goes beyond Tennessee, and uh, we're excited about the ministry that you have, the church that you have. Folks, it's a, it's a mega church, and it's a church that, um, you know, was one of the churches that, despite the pandemic, uh, we went out to concerts uh, out on the, on the lawn, we heard the gospel preached, people who were broken and hurting went. And uh, Alan, we thank you for doing that. Um, it was awesome. Well, thank you, Craig and Shelley. But just to set the record straight, the powerhouse is the one we serve. Yes. Amen. We're just ambassadors, Amen. and I'm not confused about that. So. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Alan, um, you're a pastor. Uh, you minister to the broken and the hurting. You uh, have a TV ministry. You um, uh, have written many books, devotions. Um, and you have a unique perspective, a unique perspective as a pastor who has seen the, the, the crumbling of, um, of freedom, First Amendment rights, uh, of, of what's going on in the world today. And so much of that is uh, because people don't understand what a Christian worldview is. Can you uh, help our under our audience understand what is a Christian worldview. I, I can certainly speak to it. You know, I, I think the the beginning point is to realize that we all have a worldview. Yes. It's the filter that we look at the world through. It's yes. The, it's the basis of the way we interpret the information that comes to us. Right. It's the values that we hold. Yes. And so how we decide and respond to the things around us emerges from that worldview. Right. And you can sit in church and not have a Christian worldview. Yes. Or you can live in a country that has a biblical Judeo-Christian basis and still not have a Christian worldview. Yes. And tragically, I think too many of us think just because we go to church that we have constructed a Christian worldview. It's, it's, as, right. it's as much a mistake as thinking that because I go to the gym, yes. I'm an Olympic athlete. <laughs> right. <laughs> good. You know, to become an Olympic yeah. athlete is a process of training and commitment and sacrifice. And right. And to, to build a Christian worldview is an intentional thing. It's yes. to, it begins, I think, with yielding to the Lordship of Jesus yes. in your life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Bible describes that as a conversion, salvation, the new birth. Right. And then out of that, if you choose to, yes. if you choose to grow up and mature in the Lord, you begin to invite Christ into all those arenas, how you do business, mm -hmm. you know, how you interact with your family, right. mm -hmm. um, how you interact with strangers. Yes. And as you, as you integrate the scripture into your life, you begin to construct a, a worldview yes. that is informed from that biblical perspective. Mm. But it's done on purpose and right. intentionally, and it grows and matures as your character forms. Yes. The Christian has changed from the inside out. Mm -hmm. You can't tell if I'm a Christian by the, my hairstyle. Right or the color of my skin, mm -hmm. or the accent with which I speak. Right. It's an expression of the character inside yes. of me and the fruit of my life. And those all reflect the worldview. Yes. And I think the American evangelical community is desperately in need of an awareness of the necessity of that biblical Christian worldview because 
there is, um, I, th I think of it as a waterfall of information that cascades over us every day. Right. Mm. From the media, from digital, from print, you know, mm -hmm. from all these formats. Yeah. And the overwhelming majority of that is really an antagonism to a biblical worldview. Interesting, yes. And if we're not consciously building mm. a Judeo-Christian worldview, it's being washed out of us. Right. Mm -hmm. You watch right. TV for a few minutes and you'll see three different presentations of family. Yeah. You'll right. be exposed to immorality from yes. a biblical perspective in right. multiple ways. Yes. Um, and so we've got to purposefully construct that. The good news is the Holy Spirit will help us. Amen. Alan. I mean, what would we do without the Holy Spirit? Oh. Right? Well, we, we would have no hope without his help. Mm -hmm. yes. The redemptive work of Jesus is complete and entire, mm -hmm. but the Holy Spirit is present in the earth to help us understand that and to give expression to that. And without cooperating with him, we have information, but we have no way of giving application. Right. I've, I've noticed that um, being newcomers to, to the Tennessee Christianity, it, it, there's a lot that uh, to me feels missing with the connection of understanding who the Holy Spirit is and quite honestly operating in it. It's, they define more with what uh, Christianity means based on their paradigm of growing up in a, in a Christian environment, completely opposite from where we came from in California. They're not growing up in a Christian environment. You know, and so well, for many years, Nashville was the center of Christian publishing, the Methodist Publishing House, yeah, the Southern mm -hmm. Baptist right. Publishing House, so right. many. And so there was a very heavy sense of traditional, a spirit mm -hmm. of traditional religion. Mm -hmm. And that is not often a welcoming place for the presence of the Spirit of God. Right. Because we have our own rules and regulations and yeah. we think we're pretty good on our own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I think yeah. that has changed or is changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's, but you, you're, you're absolutely correct. If you go to an environment where Christianity has had less of a formal expression, mm -hmm. there is a, a different way that people experience the Lord. And That's actually true. a hostile expression too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, so the body of Christ, Christians, people who call on the name of Jesus Christ, we have found that some 30 to 40% of them in the churches are not registered to vote. And when we match up, the voter registration form with the church membership. There's a disconnect. And then we find out what the studies show is that approximately 20 to 30 percent of those who are registered to vote do not vote in the election. And that's especially the case. The gap even grows bigger in the primaries. Why is it that so many Christians are not exercising their the right to vote. Let me respond to that in two ways. When I look at our culture today yes. and all the challenges we face, I don't think the root of the problem is the depravity of the wicked. Okay. Yeah. It's easy to sit in our churches and look through the windows and think the people out there are really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's the fundamentals of our problem. Right. I think it's not the depravity of the wicked. I think it's the indifference or the ambivalence of the faithful. Wow. Yeah. And I think wow. that's what your statistic yes. reflects. Right. Mm -hmm. But then the second part of that, I think the elephant in the room mm -hmm. is the notion of separation of church and state. Yes. Yeah. That has taken such deep root right. in, in American religious communities. Yes. And the heart of that is the establishment clause. Yes. That we don't want the government to establish a state mm -hmm. church. Right. I don't think, which I don't know, Christians should not want that. No we don't want the that. government dictating how we worship. Right. 
But the promise of the Constitution is that we have the freedom to worship mm -hmm. in any way we sit, see right. fit. Not only to worship in our building, but the, re the freedom to practice our religion. Yes. And so where I think the church has struggled a great deal is we're afraid or reluctant or hesitant to talk about what's happening in our world. Yes. Mm -hmm. When I talk about current events in the church, yes. it's not political. I'm not advocating for a party or a candidate. Right. Exactly. But we have to have a voice for what's happening, the discussion around marriage and yes. how it's defined, right. yes. what our children are learning in school, and the sanctity of human Republican life. Which are not or Democrat issues. They're biblical issues. It has nothing mm -hmm. to do with Democrat or yes. Republic. I hope right. we have choices between both parties with people with a Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview. Right, mm -hmm. right. But absent that, if the church doesn't hold out that worldview, mm. we're not going to learn it anyplace else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, but but pastors are afraid. And and to be, I'm a, been a, I've served a church for 40 years, so I'm going to be an advocate for pastors. In most settings, pastors are employees. There's a board or a presbytery or someone to whom they're accountable. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the pastors understand that if they transgress those boundaries, their jobs are at risk. Wow. So if you're frustrated in your church, don't get mad at your pastor. Wow. Talk to the leading voices in your church. You know who the leading voices are. And you tell them what you think is important to be discussed in church and watch the pastors find their courage. Mm -hmm. Do I wish it were different? Perhaps. Wow. But let's deal with the system where we are. Stop pointing accusing fingers and you become a voice in your sphere of influence until you've lost a job until you've lost an account, until you've lost a friend, until you've been canceled in the social media because of your your willingness to be bold for Jesus, stop being critical of somebody else. Wow. Don't wait That's for somebody so else to make the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. You start with your world. That, right. that is awesome. Well, it's, a, same, it's almost the same concept as somebody saying, you know, I really want to tell somebody about Jesus, but I don't know how to tell them. And I quite honestly don't have the courage to tell them, so I'm going to bring them to church because I know Pastor Alan Jackson will tell them. It's the same thing. It's it's like passing the buck, not not putting yourself out on the line, not recognizing that the Holy Spirit is the one that directs you and guides you to do those things, right? And taking the the, the risk and doing that. It's absolutely you know the notion that. There should be an altar call at the end of every service, so if somebody wants to get saved, they can mm -hmm. be born again. Mm -hmm. This is goofy to me. Is the only mm -hmm. place you could buy a Coca-Cola is at the manufacturing plant. <laughs> the reason they distribute it all over the community, you can get a Coke that's almost awesome. any place. Yeah, that's and awesome. any place you bump into a Christian, you ought to be able to find your way into the kingdom of God. Wow, that's right. It's just nuts to oh, think that's the burden words. of a Sunday morning event. Yeah, yeah. you're so, so right. So Alan, you're so right. You're, you, you really reveal an insider's view of the pastors and some of the, the fear or hesitation or reluctance to speak on cultural and political issues. So we, uh, I really want to dig into this a little bit. Okay. So on election of 2020, I listened to seven churches um, um, that were pretty large churches. Six of them, the pastor never mentioned there was an election. Nonetheless, talk about how to vote your values. Nonetheless, you know, uh, encourage people to go. They just was never... this online, and, and you were, well, uh, you were yeah. We went to two present. services, okay. and, 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 and that was here or California? Uh, California. It was nationwide. Okay. So out, out of the seven, six did not mention the election was going to be Tuesday. One that we went to. The pastor said, "There's I hear there's an election, 
But it really doesn't matter if you vote or not. Whoever gets elected. That was a mega church in California. God's will. And so with, with that, the pastors basically depressed the evangelical Christian vote, which votes 84% conservative. They, they, and, and throughout America, we have pastors who are not encouraging people either to vote their values or even how to vote their values. And if this is the board that's holding them back, um, you know, I guess there's prayer, like you're saying, get to know who's, who's on that board and try to have an influence. Anything else that can be done? Well, yes, I think, you know, if I could have a moment with my colleagues who are in ministry. Yes. Or those people who are leaders in churches. Right. At whatever level that may be. Yes. Or you imagine yourself to be a Christ follower. The, the scripture is our rule of faith and practice. Right. And this is not a heavy lift. You don't need to know Greek or Hebrew. Right. John the Baptist yeah. would have lived a much longer life if he had not had a comment on current <laughs> events. <laughs> That's awesome. What he had to say about Herod yes. and his moral choices yes. cost him his head. That's right. Daniel would have never gotten to visit with the lion's den Thank you. if he hadn't had a, an opinion about cultural events. Yes. Jesus so would good. not have had I'm his so ministry terminated <laughs> if he hadn't spoken with such boldness and with such uh, intensity yes. to the political leaders of his day. Right. They're the ones that orchestrated his execution. Now, yes. the Romans carried it out, but it was the Jewish political leaders that orchestrated it, and yes. Jesus called them out. Yes. The Hebrew prophets that we love to champion, yes. their, their lives were presented as a social commentary. This notion that we can create a theoretical theology yeah. and hide in our churches yeah. is deceptive. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you think you can say the sinner's prayer mm -hmm. and be dipped in a pool right. and then ignore the culture around you mm -hmm. and hide your faith, right. I am concerned for your eternity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I, I don't think, I I'm, I'm hope the pastors will understand this, but if they don't, the people around them do. We need a grassroots effort uh, in the grocery store, uh, at a PTA meeting, yeah. at the soccer fields. Yes. Wherever it is we go, talk about your faith with yeah. one another. Mm -hmm. yeah. What do you mean you don't believe in the sanctity of human life? Yeah. How is it we can sacrifice right. 3,000 children a day? Yes. 3,000 children right. a day. At the peak of COVID, there was yes. about a three-day window yes. where the death rate touched that 3,000 right. number. Mm -hmm. And it, we considered a national pandemic. Yes. We sheltered in place. We spent yes. trillions of dollars. We lose 3,000 children a day. Yes. And Christians say, well, that's a political issue. I can't talk about it. Yeah. You're deceived. Yes. Right. And one day we're going to stand before the king, and he's going to ask us how we did standing up for the children. So current events is not advocating for a candidate or a party. It's engaging our world as salt and light, and we can all do that. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. I, I know that um, you have a very specific ministries that are at your church that you've discovered how to mobilize your people because the few times I've attended your church, there's always a call to action at the end. What is it that you have discovered, being the pastor of a megachurch, that really resonates with people that want to become quote-unquote evangelists for the kingdom? Do you, do you have a program or a, a, a classes or things that you can send them to so they become equipped, so they can go out and, and do what you're saying? Or uh, is that something that you weave in with your teachings all the time? 
I'm just curious. No, I think the fundamentals of that are simple and easily available. It has nothing to do with a mega church. Okay. When I started, there were fewer than 30 people. <laughs> really? Okay, so I have been awesome. a part of yeah. a church at every size. Wow. And I, I'm a champion for churches in all those sizes. Yes, yes. Right. But the, the essentials are the same. If, if I think about your physical health, it's about exercise and nutrition. Your genetics have some role in that, but it really comes down to exercise and nutrition for the most part. And as a Christ follower, you, you need to systematically read your Bible. You don't need a preacher to interpret it. You don't have to understand every word. You don't have to know how to spell Nebuchadnezzar. But you need to systematically read your Bible. You need to pray on a daily basis. It can be as simple as, God, I want to invite you into my day. Mm-hmm. And then I find it's helpful if you'll find a trusted voice to cheer for you as you do that. And if you go to our website, it's alanjackson.com. Mm-hmm. There's a daily Bible reading plan there. Yes. You can click and follow it through. If you get the app, we'll read it to you while you're commuting to work, awesome. mowing the grass. Great. <laughs> it's not the only one. There's many you can find on the Internet. You find the one you like. But on a daily, about 15 minutes a day, you can read through your entire Bible in a year. Wow. And then if you choose, we, we will send you a devotional every morning. We'll drop it in your inbox about 530. It only takes about a minute to read it. It's really brief with the mm-hmm. prayer for the day. You know, with a little bit of encouragement, exposure to the Word of God, and then that invitation to God, you'll start to develop spiritual muscles, just like you would if you walk every day or you exercise a little bit every day, and you're paying attention to your spiritual nutrition. Mm-hmm. So you've got the things there you need to grow. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you don't have to do it with alanjackson.com. You can do it however you choose. You just need to choose. Stop procrastinating. Start getting stronger. Stop waiting for the wicked to repent and decide to become a brighter light in the darkness. That's awesome. I love that. That is great. We'll, ha- we'll give the... Um... I want to tell him this. Okay. So he comes in this morning and he goes, Honey, I've got a word for you today. And he opens up First Timothy 7, which I'm just going to read it. Have nothing to do with worldly fables, but train yourself for the purpose of godliness. <laughs> it's exactly what you're talking about. And the, the thing that I know you'll love this, the Greek for the uh, word train is, I'm gonna slaughter it, Alan, but you can help me. Gumnazo, which means to train with full effort, just like a professional athlete that they saw in the Greek day. Those guys were hardcore. They didn't give up. They, they went to the gym every day. They were relentless in their, their training, and that's what you're talking about. You, we, we want Christians to hunger and thirst for righteousness so much so that they're diving into the Word every morning, right? Absolutely. Training is engaging in a behavior that will enable you to accomplish something in the future that you can't do today. Yeah. Christians have confused sincerity with training or trying. They'll say, you know, I tried. I don't really right. care. Yeah. And you know, they say, well, I'm sincere. It's not relevant. Yeah. If you're going to do surgery on me, I don't want you to be sincere and try. I want, <laughs> yeah. you, to, I want you to be well-trained. No kidding. Yeah. And as Christians, we've got to make a commitment. We have to, self-discipline is one of the fruit of the Spirit. We have to have the discipline to train to be spiritual. That's right. And if you're not training, please understand you're choosing to stay an infant. It's mm. going to be awkward to stand in the, in the pearly gates with a pacifier and pampers. Yeah. Let's begin to train to grow up in the Lord. Alan, can you give us uh, and spell out the URL, the website address, so people can contact you and be able to get this devotional that you have? I'd be delighted. It's alanjackson.com, and it's A-L-L-E-N dot Jackson. And you can just click there. If you'll give us your email address, we'll drop it in your inbox every morning. Uh, Just a little bit of encouragement. 
and a prayer you can pray and a scripture for the day. You know, none of us will make it alone. We need one another. And if you'll allow that voice into your life, I trust the Spirit of God to give you the momentum and strength you'll need. That's awesome. EllenJackson.com. Yes. Go to it. (laughs) Ellen, this has been absolutely revealing. It's been powerful. We really appreciate it. And uh, everyone, I encourage you, uh, sign up for the devotion. um, And uh, you might want to catch Alan. It doesn't matter where you are. They can see your ministry on uh, which broadcast network. We're on TBN TBN. nationwide or Salem Radio in the city, wherever you're listening. Um, you can get it. If you go to the alanjackson.com, there's a list there of broadcast on both radio and TV. You can see the full summary. That's awesome. Everyone, we, we, we thank you for listening in. We want you to take this podcast, send it to your pastor, send it to the church leaders. We want you to take this, this podcast and send it to your friends, neighbors, people in your home Bible study. Send it to church members. Send this thing out and uh, let, let, let's start making a difference. And um, Shelly, I think that's about it. That's it. Guys, thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back to you with the next next, uh, program shortly. And uh, until then, God bless you all. I'm going to ask one more question that I might squeeze in, but you sparked it. We can edit this too. Yeah, that that was a great ending in what he said about... Um, your whole thing and his about uh, God's word mm-hmm. and devotion mm-hmm. all fits. Mm-hmm. This would go further inside. So here's the one last question I have. Okay. And um, it's kind of an awkward question, but um, it's important. So let me start it. Ellen, I've got a question here in regards to um, the lockdown of the churches nationwide. Churches across America shut down. They, some opened uh, early, some opened illegally, uh, some uh, uh, did not open until the government said so. Ministries were destroyed. Youth ministries, senior ministries, men, women. Uh, 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 we have seen the churches that bowed their knees to Caesar and did not open, uh, we saw them lose 60, 70% of their membership. And we saw those churches that were uh, open, boom. We saw, um, uh, Shelly and I flew out to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with Jack Hibbs. The day he opened, we didn't know we were going to be um, arrested or anything. We also flew out to Godspeak with Pastor Rob. He had a, about almost 800 people, close to 1,000 people surrounding his church from all over Southern California because the government said they were going to arrest the pastor and 500 people in the church. And all these people came so they'd be arrested first. It was such horrific drama that played out. And now that we're at the tail end, we've had the, the Supreme Court make a decision, what have you. We're not free of not having the government do something in an emergency. We're not free of being able to know that the church is going to be able to make its own decision independent of government action. As you're seeing what happened with pastors, as you were under pressure, should I open, should I not, 
what's right, what's wrong. Do you think pastors and church leadership in some way has changed their opinion now that they look back at what happened? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I can't really speak for the, the pastors in general. Right. I'll, I'll give you my perspective. Okay. You know, we decided to find a way to have church. Yes. And we put up a stage outdoors. Right. And, and got as creative as we put up a pool and did baptisms yeah. and baptized more people than we've ever baptized. Yeah. And so we, we've seen people respond in an encouraging way. Right. But I think there's a, I would redirect the question a little bit. Okay. I think COVID exposed the church. Yes. And I mean capital C. Yeah. And I don't mean our buildings and our congregations. Mm -hmm. I mean all of us who imagine ourselves to be Christ followers. Yes. Um, if, if that had been the pandemic, they told us it was. And yeah. two million people in America were really going to perish in right. a matter of a few months. Right. I think the assignment of the church would not have been to shelter in place, right. <laughs> but to have gone and cared for the sick. Yeah. Yes. So I think to look at expressions of public worship services as the expression of the church is to miss the point. Got it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think what we got exposed, yes. that our faith was too institutional yes. and mm. too directed at the comfort and convenience of mm. how we worship yes. mm -hmm. and too far away from what it means to be the living body of Christ mm -hmm. led yeah. by the Spirit of God. Right. And I believe one of the things that is coming out of this is we're mobilizing in a different way. We'll never take for granted again the privilege of worshiping together. Yes. But I hope we're coming out of this with an action plan to be the church. Yes. Because the test of the church is when it's needed. Yes. Not if, if it's gathered on Sunday morning. Yes. You know, the emergency yeah. room at the hospital is not about running exercises. Right. It's about having a location when you have an emergency yes. that you can trust. Right. And that's not the church serving me. That's us serving the communities in which we live. Right. And I pray that we're coming out of this with that awareness in a new way. That's powerful. Awesome. It's really amazing. Thank you. Thank you Good very insight. much. All right. Good. Very cool. Really so, appreciate it. Thank uh, you all. Um, found it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we will send this 